An entitled delivery driver refuses to give me my groceries that I ordered, stating that they won't give me my groceries unless I give them a good tip. But when I tell them no, they freak out, run back to their car, and drive off with my groceries. And I'm simply fed up, I'm so angry over the circumstance, and I seriously don't know what to do. So to start things out, I use a delivery service that brings my groceries directly to my door. It has been a great help and saves a ton of time. It is a dice roll, though, whenever you order. There are are, after all, some very questionable people who do deliveries. I've had a couple of bad experiences, so for that reason, I choose not to tip until after the service is complete. I tip anywhere from 10 to 15%, and I think that's reasonable and very fair. I usually tip more if I order heavy items like soda or bottled water. Now, really, in my opinion, I don't think tipping should exist at all. I can't tell you how annoyed I get when I have an iPad shoved in my face by cashiers, or people handing you your to-go order, and even the guy that might be fixing your air conditioning. It's presumptuous and rude. You're getting put in this awkward position where you're expected to subsidize the wages of people who've done the bare minimum in order to fulfill the services I've already paid for. Tips used to be reserved for people that went out of their way to do a great job. Anyways, I opened the door today to a lady with no groceries in hand, and instead of greeting me, abruptly asked if I'm planning on leaving a tip. I told her that I tip based on the service that I receive, which means I I have to tip after she finishes the delivery. The woman loudly sucks her teeth and tells me I'm not getting my order until I give her a tip. She's very adamant that I tip her in cash as well. I asked her to deliver my groceries first and she flat out refuses and I just stared at her in shock. We stand in silence awkwardly until I told her that I've already paid for my order and that it's her job to make sure I get it regardless of what I tip. And before I can even finish my sentence, this lady walks away, shuts her trunk and starts to to drive off. And when she did this, I was honestly blown away. I spent the next half an hour being bounced around from person to person on customer service, only to be told that I had to call in to resolve the problem. One very disgruntled phone call later, and I finally got my refund and my driver reported. And after this experience, I am seriously done with tipping. I'm so tired of being guilted into paying on top of an already expensive bill just because the owners don't want to pay their workers a decent living. You can call me selfish or rude but I'm past the point of being moved by social pressure to tip. From now on, I will be discontinuing all tips. It's not fair to the customer or the employee. It relies on guilt and preys on people's fears of social awkwardness in order to fleece us. We should not be worrying that an employer won't deliver our order or sabotage our food if we dare not tip them. And you know what? If prices go up, well then fine. I want to know exactly what I'm paying for. No more mandatory but not actually mandatory gratuity. If enough of us do it, tipped employees will be motivated to demand compensation from the people who should actually be paying for it. And I honestly believe that it's not the customer's responsibility to pay for your staff. First and foremost, the fact that the driver drove off when the original poster didn't tip them right away is honestly crazy to me. I've never heard of that happening. Like seriously, what is wrong with people? Like I totally understand feeling jaded or somehow feeling hurt by other people's decisions in the past, but this goes to a whole different level. Like this person literally said, hey, once you give me my groceries, I'm going to tip. They didn't say to this delivery driver, I'm not going to tip you, so just give me my food. Like, no, that's not what happened. There's no justification for taking their groceries and running off. Talk about losing your job faster than you got it. All they had to do was give them their groceries and then this person would have tipped them. And I completely agree. 10 to 15% is totally reasonable. So this delivery driver was just way out of line. There's no reason to act that way. And also on some of the points that they made, I completely agree as well. If I'm going in 
into a restaurant and I'm picking up food that I ordered that I'm going to pick up, I'm absolutely not going to tip you. That's just my own personal standard. Like I'm doing the legwork of picking up my food. You, on the other hand, are just taking my payment and there's no way I'm going to tip you for doing that service. Now, on the other hand, in my personal opinion, if someone is waiting on me at a restaurant or if they're delivering food to my door with like an online order app or something like that, then yes, I will tip them and I won't go above 10% personally because I completely agree with the original poster here. Tipping is honestly used, especially in America, as this guilt tripping tactic just to try and get more money out of the consumer. And that's not fair for me, the customer. Like, for example, in Japan, you don't tip at all. People do not tip their waiters or service workers and the store and the business still functions just fine. And it's hopefully some kind of livable wage where they don't have to expect something extra on top of the already expensive bill. So I am personally all on board with what the original poster is saying. And I think in some specific circumstances, you really just should not tip the worker in the slightest. But what would you do in this situation? What would you do if some condescending worker ran off with your groceries if you didn't tip them right away? Leave a comment down below. We would love to hear what you have to say. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out. Link down below in the description. My co-worker's entitled father goes off on an angry rampage, forcing our office to go into lockdown with my co-worker's dad eventually getting arrested and thrown in jail. Here's what happened. So we have a person who works at our office. We'll call her Catherine. That's not her real name. And Catherine started working with us about a year ago. They're very relaxed and very easygoing to get along with. She's a very good worker, excellent attention to detail, but didn't really talk much about her personal life. Some days she can go by without saying a word to anybody. I always assumed it was because in our office, we are mostly all on the autistic spectrum, and she always talks without looking at the person she was speaking with, speaking mostly down to the ground. One day, around seven to eight months ago, her parents randomly showed up in our lobby and were screaming and demanding to speak to her. They appeared absolutely drunk and they were trespassed. She went home for the rest of the day, as it clearly must have taken some time for her parents to track her down to actually find out where she worked. She was really paranoid about social media or any pictures of her being taken. We didn't fully comprehend it until one particular incident. What I previously couldn't wrap my head around is why these parents would go out of their way to get their own daughter in problems at work and then show up and demand that they talk to her. Our team didn't want to pry, but she told us that when she grew up, her parents were really bad alcoholics and she was mostly left at home to fend for herself. We knew that the dad was a bit of a hothead, so our team collectively agreed that if they showed up, we would call the security. The company was very much on her side, but we could tell that there was a lot more to it than we realized. Effectively, they were banned from the building, and she already has enough to get them trespassed and asked to leave. This went into effect about three months ago, and no one was any wiser. That is, until the faithful day of the incident. We were all working in one of the main wings of our building when a general security alert is raised that someone is on the premises that shouldn't be there. This is normally fine, as we work very close to a public park with a footpath, and there's no fence. So nine out of ten times, they don't know that they've entered a private property or that they generally just can't be there. Now, we are not a government facility, but we do deal with government systems when they apply to large-scale, high-end systems that require support. I don't work on those teams, but they do exist within our building, so our security is geared for that level of response should we ever need it in some kind of way. In general, we just pay security to go to the gym and look mean for the most part. Now, to explain, there is two sets of doors and a badge turnstile to get to our part of the building. It is basically a man trap. Not exactly the most secure, but you can get through it if your card is authorized. By policy, we can't swipe for another person as they need to go to the security desk. Our security 
Army team 99% of the time looks bored and is a mixture of ex-military types. And mostly, they are just down to earth and they will speak to anyone or helpfully do their jobs in the office even if it's not security related. So they'll do stuff like picking up packages from the reception desk, deliver it to the person, chase the post office down, stuff like that. On one side of our office from our full glass windows, you can see the public footpath and the other side overlooked our main car park which was our main entrance and exit. Around that time, we noticed the alert hasn't passed and security is rushing to our doors from the inside. All we hear from our security team radio is the words breach, breach. And this is all with security rushing over to us, advising us to go down the fire exit. Basically, someone was there who definitely shouldn't be there and they would not leave and was now trying to get into our wing door. At this point, we are all huddled together towards the back and got ready to go to the fire exit. However, security closed the door from us and asked us to stay put. So we consider the facts and we think, okay, so there's a crazy person. Let's not panic about it. We just got to stay up here and then we should be good until the police arrive. Well, the first person we see is a civil protection car and it shows up in our car park. Okay, generally these are called if the situation is minor and there is no need for any kind of intervention. My thought at this moment is that someone was just lost and probably doesn't speak the language downstairs. These guys can basically double as tourist police. At this point, we don't know where this person is as they seem to be moving around following the radio chatter with a simple request of asking if they can drop this idiot. Now, the person at the reception desk is a former soldier who didn't always get along with anybody, but is not the type of person you want to be upset. A few minutes later, we hear on the security radios the phrase blue one, red one, black, which didn't make sense to us, but it did seem to cause security on our floor to flip the nearest tables to the doors. And they did this toward the main door to block the entrance to our wing. At this point, the rest of us were very concerned. They had a makeshift barricade. This is clearly not an overreaction. So we're thinking, what in the world is going on? We then hear over the radio, secure one, secure two, secure three, followed by lock down the wing west, which apparently meant that we could not use the fire exits. Eventually, we watch as local police and then national police race through our car park with blue lights flashing to our building. Okay, now this is getting a bit concerning. They rush into our building, but we can't see what is happening downstairs due to the angle from our windows not matching up to the main entrance. We see what looks like all of the site security downstairs running to the outside of our entrance. We wait another few minutes until the phrase black was being declared and that we should let the police into all the wings effectively immediately. Now, mind you, all of this was happening in Spanish and my understanding of Spanish isn't the best at times, but our security team immediately goes to Catherine. I think at that moment, we know who has to be downstairs. It has to be her dad. I mean, he couldn't have caused that much trouble, right? Most of our security team knows how to handle themselves. Maybe he's just trying to speak to Catherine again, but no, I was completely wrong. In the meantime, we see Catherine start to cry, and in our car park, we see the civil guard, and this is a very bad sign. There are blue lights flashing and what looks like to be a massive truck. We didn't know it at the time, but it's a very specialized fire truck. Catherine, upon seeing this, is an emotional wreck to the point that I've never seen anything like this ever. All we hear her say is that he's doing it again. We try to console her, but we've clearly lost the capability. Security manages to get her moving to the toilets on our floor to clean herself up. We hear screaming and shouting outside our main door to our wing, shouting out Catherine's name. There was screaming back from Catherine, and let me tell you, none of the conversation was pleasant. Now, the passage of time at this point was very confusing. I couldn't tell if it had been five minutes, ten minutes, or three hours. All I know by the time things had calmed down was that it was dark outside 
outside. We finally get out of the wing and we're told to avoid the main area. Catherine gets escorted out of the fire exit and the security and the police decide to go with her. Now, here's the aftermath of what happened. Her drunken dad, after getting a criminal trespass and also a restraining order and a foreign protection order for good measure, decided it was now a very good idea to drive to our office to speak to her about breaking up the family and tell everyone on our main desk that it was her fault. Everything apparently was her fault. Him being drunk, his wife being drunk, her mother's family wanting nothing to do with him, the JFK situation, the fake moon landing, you name it, this guy was saying it. Now, security had asked him to leave, but this guy escalated this in a serious way, and he got incredibly hostile as a result. He basically gave security the idea that he had some kind of trap for her, and in that situation, they asked him what he was planning to do, and he just said that it's gonna be really big. So, security by design locked down the building and had to clear every entrance and exit of any potential problems. This turned into a nothing burger because there literally was no problem in the first place. It's just him being drunk, thinking that it would be a brilliant idea to try and say something like this. Naturally, after that exchange, they called the police. He then tried to actually attack the police officers. Acting on the information they had, they knew that he had an exceptionally long history of violence as well as a history of being arrested. And the police were looking for evidence to put him down for a long time. And frankly, even the police hated dealing with him. Generally speaking, when the office responding to you knows your name upon seeing you, you're doing something incredibly wrong. Most, if not all of us in the office, tried to start talking to Catherine more. We didn't completely know how to deal with this, but she did eventually open up to us more. And when she told us her childhood, it reduced me to tears. There was no food in the house, and she had to ensure that her siblings were fed, all the way up to the point of stealing, until she was old enough to work as a child. The reason why she was so good at her job was because she had about 10 years of experience ahead of all of us, and that was what made her money to feed her younger sisters. She dropped out of school and was looking after them, making sure that they were fed well before her. I struggled with this because I couldn't imagine living through that. To put a child through that and expect them to be cordial, I just will never understand that. And as for the parents, well, he's in prison, and her supposed mother blames her for him being arrested. Apparently, they were just wanting to speak to her about money, and this entire incident was done by the request of her mother. Now, we look after our co-worker a lot more and we try to invite her out. She has opened up with us a lot and talks to us a lot more. One thing is that she does have a fear of abandonment that we work through, even if a few minutes late. We totally understand her. We try to make sure she's included in everything that we do. And despite her awful parents, she is a good person and she deserves so much more in this world than they have ever tried to give her. The original poster's co-worker has awful parents. What on earth are they thinking? They seriously only came to her to try and get money. They also neglected her when she was younger and did not give her the upbringing that she absolutely deserved. I mean, this is a crazy circumstance. I can't imagine having a job and worrying all the time that my parents are going to show up and try and ruin it for me. But hopefully with her dad in jail, as well as her mom basically being estranged, she can find some kind of peace as well as some kind of friendship with her co-workers. Because with all things considered, she honestly deserves the absolute best. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I thought you would like called The Reslayer's Take. It's a brand new all-ages actual play from Critical Role that follows a new group of adventurers within Exandria. After six misfit mercenaries are rejected from the elite monster hunting group The Slayer's Take, they band together and battle supernatural creatures across the rugged continent of Isilra. It has fresh adventures for a longtime critter or is a perfect first dip into the world of Critical Role. Check out the first episode if you like what you hear and make sure you follow The Reslayer's Take wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. An entitled old man claims that he did not rear-end another woman in a car wash. But after I reviewed the security footage, I put this guy in his place. And I exposed him for the liar that he is. Here's what happened. Several years ago, I worked at a gas station with a car wash. This car wash uses a chain that pulls every vehicle through at the same speed, leaving about 25 feet apart. The car wash was the cause of like 80% of all customer grievances. And this one is a bit different. One weekday afternoon, I was stocking shelves when a young woman and an older man came in together. They spot me and say, we need to have a conversation. So I move back behind the counter. I look at him and I say, okay, so what can I do for you? The woman is about to speak when the old man cuts her off. Your car wash damaged my car, both of ours. This is unfortunately not the first time I've heard this. So I ask them how this happened. The woman chimes in and says that both of their cars were in the car wash and that she was ahead of this guy. And the car wash pulled his car into the back of hers really hard. Now this raised some immediate red flags. That is literally impossible. The chain can't pull one vehicle faster or slower than another. So I tell them exactly that. The woman says, is it possible? And at this point, the old man starts to scream, are you calling me a liar? Interrupting the woman and all of us completely. The woman is visibly annoyed at this point. I say to them, what I'm saying is that the car wash couldn't have done that. Either you hit the brakes, ma'am, or you hit the gas, sir. The woman then said, well, I didn't hit the brakes sounding as though she started second-guessing herself. The old man then started screaming back that he's not stupid and he never touched the gas pedal. Now, not to be that guy, but old people are usually the ones who have issues with the car wash, so he was honestly my prime suspect. I said to him, well, thankfully the car wash is lined with cameras, so I'll just go rewind the footage and see what happened exactly. And I say this as easily as possible. At this point, the old man started to cave. He said, oh, uh, that's not necessary. We'll just have my company pay for the damages. So I say to him, well, your company is going to want to review the footage anyways, so I might as well do that now. At this point, the man looked incredibly nervous. He said, no, no, let's not waste any more of our time. I exaggeratedly raise an eyebrow at him, and then I glance over to her. She clues in that I'm laying on the pressure to him, and also looks at him suspiciously. Now it's time to twist the knife. So I look at him and I say, oh, but sir, surely the camera footage will prove your innocence, right? And that's when everything went silent. Yep, it was him. He was the problem. So I review the footage and sure enough, while he was pulled up by the chain at first, he hit the gas and rear-ended her. I came back behind the counter and I look at the woman. Well, it turns out he hit the gas and rear-ended you. Now, even though it happened in the car wash, it wasn't caused by the car wash. So this matter will have to be resolved between the two of you. If you would like the camera footage to provide to insurance, I would be happy to give it to you. I look over the old man with a smile and he was clearly not happy with this result. He knew he was in trouble and he knew that he was at fault. She thanked me, looks over to him and says, it's time for you to pay up. And it was honestly all incredibly satisfying to watch it go down. Honestly, the one thing I've learned from corporate America or even just working in customer service, it's that when someone is angry or someone is overly frustrated or freaking out in some kind of way, that means they're clearly trying to play an angle and they're trying to play you. And the old man in this story is absolutely fitting the bill. I mean, he is clearly guilty. He rear 
rear-ended this lady's car. He hit her when he hit the gas. This lady clearly didn't do anything wrong, and now that there was video evidence, suddenly he's going to start backpedaling. Because it's funny, at first he was screaming, oh, are you calling me a liar? I didn't do anything wrong. But the second the original poster mentioned any kind of footage that could be reviewed, he suddenly turns into the agreeable sweet old man, unsure of what's going on. Like, give me a break, buddy. You're caught red-handed, and you know what happened. And his reaction to the whole scenario, as well as how he was treating everybody involved, was just so out of line. So hopefully this teaches him a valuable lesson about being honest and nice to those around you. He was very clearly in the wrong, and if he was just a little bit nicer, as well as just a little bit more honest, he could have avoided all this embarrassment, as well as this lady getting this footage that she's definitely going to send to her insurance. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.